1: Hello everyone and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host Molly DeVos. I'm joined today by my handsome husband Dewey. Hello
2: my beautiful wife and hello to all the wonderful cat fans out there in the great big cat world. I'm really excited about today's topic traveling with
1: cat because I love to travel. (laughs) You do love to travel and I do too. I love to travel with you my love and of course (laughs) I would never leave our cat behind.
2: That's right. Tabasco never had an issue traveling anywhere, so why is this an issue? We're we're doing a podcast about this. I don't didn't get it.
1: Well, Tabasco was an anomaly. You know, most cats really hate traveling. I mean, it's it it's very 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 stressful on them. So, you know, first Of course, when you go to any travel, that carrier comes out and that carrier is synonymous with a visit to the vet, which provokes fear just at the sight of it. Most cats go run and hide when they see the carrier come out. And then removing the cat from its territory where it feels safe causes all kinds of fear and anxiety issues. You know, they are very much homebodies. They're extremely territorial species, and they do not like being removed from their territory. So you combine all that with loud, unfamiliar noises and traffic and things, and you know what to you might seem like a fun outing becomes a terrifying experience for your cat.
2: So, okay, that makes sense. So what about flying, though? Isn't that easier on a cat? They just stay there in the carrier and relax and take a little nap as they fly. (laughs)
1: yeah well flying might be easier on you because you can order cocktails to ease your anxiety
2: (laughs) (laughs) throw a movie on kick back take a nap
1: exactly you know your cat is howling and disturbing everyone and you're just throwing back the cocktails going oh my god (laughs) Uh, you know I I only flew with Tabasco once um because I thought you know I go back and forth to Santa Fe a lot and and their American Eagle flies right into the Santa Fe airport. And I thought, how convenient is that? I'll just grab Tabasco. We'll hop on this little plane. You know, he doesn't mind the carrier and he doesn't mind car rides. So he's never going to mind an airplane ride. Well, that was wrong. And I also thought, well, it's a short plane ride. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. So, you know, we're not going to have any bathroom issues or I can't worry about anything. We'll be there in no time. So it's one of these smaller aircraft. And I uh first of all, he was a big cat. So getting him into an airline approved carrier was a feat in it itself. You know, he really couldn't fully stand up in there, so it wasn't comfortable, but he was going along with it. So I, I I sit up in the front and put him under the seat in front of me. Um, you know, it's a warm day, it was summer, and you know, we've all got our air vents on and things. And the uh, the flight attendant comes by and she goes, you know, you guys might be more comfortable in the back. And this was, you know, after we had taken off and we'd gotten to a certain altitude. And I could hear him meowing at that point. I could hear him meowing very loudly and very uncomfortably. And, um, and she said, you guys, you know, might be more comfortable in the back. That whole back row is open. Feel free to move back there if you want. So I thought, okay, so I reached down to get him and I pull him out from under the seat and the whole plane fills up the smell of cat urine. And I was like, oh my God. And, And I thought, oh crap, he's just peed everywhere. So I'm carrying him down the aisle towards the back and I mean, it reeks, it's like stress cat urine, which smells worse than regular cat urine for some reason. And as I'm walking down the aisle, People are wrinkling their noses and kind of recoiling away from the aisle. I just wished I could have crawled under a seat myself. And I get to the back and I thought, I'm just gonna go straight to the bathroom and clean this mess up. So I go to the bathroom and I let him out of his carrier and there's just pee everywhere. It's all over him, I'll pack a fleece bottom things and it was just drenched in cat pee. And so I just threw it in the trash in there and then there was no water on the plane (laughs) there was only this bowl of hand wipes so I go through about 45 hand wipes trying to clean out the carrier and wipe him down and you know he's a little happier because he's out of the carrier but he's still not very happy he wasn't totally stressed and freaking out but so finally I got it cleaned up best I could which was not very good I put him back in the carrier and we go to the back row because I'm not going to do the walk of Shane back up the aisle. And I put him down on the floor and there was a couple sitting in front of me and she kept turning around and glaring at me between the seats and she would open her air vent and turn around and glare at me. Oh, it was the worst, absolutely worst event um, he and I have ever had. And I think, I kind of think what happens is You know, they pressurize the cabins for us, and, you know, it's okay, but we still kind of have ear problems, and we got to clear our ears and things like that sometimes. I'm not sure that the cabin pressure is ideal for cats. I think there might be a point in there before they pressurize the cabin or something that causes them a lot of pain, because I've noticed, I've traveled with some fosters, and I've noticed there seems to be that particular part where you're climbing, and the cat like lets out a painful howl and starts meowing and then we'll settle down later on. And I, I kind of think that's what's happening. I have no proof of that. I also hear from other people that their cats do just fine. They lay real still and they're quiet and they have no trouble. But I have had every cat I've traveled with seems to have a lot of discomfort at a certain altitude. So I did it that one time and uh, have never, never flown with him again. we We drive the... rest of the time
2: you know i think the crate component i think is probably maybe one of the bigger issues i was just envisioning for a moment uh you know what if the scenario was different because tabasco is the type of kitty that you could put on a leash and walk him through just like you could a dog almost i mean you could almost uh you know put him underneath there or put him in your lap or something and and maybe he would have felt a little bit better i don't know and I guess every flight starts with a carrier, and a car ride also starts to the airport as you're in a carrier. So you're not really eliminating that fear of the carrier piece, right?
1: Right. And and how early you have to leave, you know, because you need to be there. You need to be there early if you're checking in with a pet. They only allow so many on board. And so you make the reservation for your pet and and you've got to be there an hour early when you're traveling tra- traveling with a pet, so you know you've you've got this extra long time, and then you know the cat's inevitably going to need to go to the bathroom, so you know you have to deal with that on top of everything else.
2: So are you saying you don't recommend people flying with a cat? <laughs> Is that well, what you recommend?
1: I definitely don't recommend sending a cat in cargo hold. I mean, I don't recommend. You know, unless you've got a giant dog and you absolutely positively have no other way to go but flying, I I don't think you should put any pets in cargo hold. I think that's dangerous. Um, I do think cats can be conditioned to feel less anxiety about traveling if you start when they're young. You know, with with Tabasco, when we took that flight, he was already an adult. Um, I think he would have been better if I'd have started with him when he was a kitten like we did you know car travel but remember that that developmental stage is between 3 and 14 weeks of age so anything that they're exposed to in that time frame they typically won't be fearful of as an adult cat anything that they aren't exposed to then takes them a while to get used to if it provokes a natural fear response you know but Sometimes we just don't have any choice but to travel with our cats. You know, you move to a different city, things like that. You remember when we were traveling again through Santa Fe, we didn't have any cats with us this time, but there was a couple in front of us that had two, I think they had two cats that they were traveling with and they were going through the security checkpoint and they were right in front of us and they were making them take the cats out of the carriers and the woman was explaining, these are feral cats. Um, we're relocating to another city, and these are feral cats that were living outside our house and not comfortable taking them out of the carrier. And they're saying, well, sorry, ma'am, you've got to. And and I stepped in and said, would you like me to carry one through for you? You know, I can probably <laughs> handle it. And, I and so that. All right, and I had to walk through the, the thing with the cat and try to get it back in the, in the carrier without getting hurt. Um, yeah it's it's they do make you take them out at security so it's real important that you have your cats wear harnesses for easily handling you know these cats didn't have anything on them no collars nothing i mean they were feral cats she had them slightly sedated so that made it a little easier um but make sure that your cat is comfortable wearing a harness long before you have to travel and traveling with the harness should become natural to the cat you know, make sure that their carrier is covered, put a towel over the carrier or, you know, make, um, make something that will fit over the carrier so that they can't look out and see scary things around.
2: Yeah. And you can imagine in that scenario, whereby that if the cat, if you hadn't stepped in and grabbed a cat and volunteered to hold one of the cats, to go through then you know think about that if that cat had gotten out or away and think about all the people that would have to be running the cat, the chaoticness of that which is oh be, i can't imagine they chasing would probably that cat shut down the airport, airport. <laughs> yeah shut down the airport <laughs> trying to,
1: yeah that would have been you, really sad
2: <laughs> i mean you think you, you flash that through in your mind to you know the cat's all over the security place and then it goes up through the tarmac or into the terminal area and then the next thing you know nobody's trying to catch everybody's trying to catch it and it winds itself up on some plane to you know kalamazoo so <laughs>
1: <You know,
2: laughs> my my animated mind just took me down a road and it's crazy so you saved the day my love you needed a
1: <laughs> super saver
2: t-shirt <laughs>
1: reduce the stress so in- of that cat mommy <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and it did. And uh, that was really good. I was, I was glad to witness that. And for us, traveling has always uh, been by car for the most part with Tabasco. And I, I didn't make that trip with you then. But, you know, since, uh, you know, we've traveled with Tabasco in a car, and most of the fosters that we foster uh, have been seemed to be very comfortable in a car because you do a great job of setting the car upright. And uh, that seems to make sense.
1: Well, Tabasco, you know, I didn't actually set out to say this is going to be a traveling cat. It just so happened I wasn't looking for a cat when I adopted Tabasco. It just so happened that I'd had a cat pass away and I was at the SPCA dropping off that cat's supplies as donations. And I'd looked at all the kittens and I was getting ready to leave. And then the lady brings out Tabasco who had been freshly neutered and they were putting him in inventory. And I was like, whoa, let me see that kitten. It was the most beautiful kitten I had ever seen. And, and so I did an adoption on the spot and wasn't really planning on it. And I had adopted him two weeks before I was moving into the house in Santa Fe. And this was back in 2005. And so, you know, we were all set up with a a U-Haul and stuff we were taking out there. And so I said, well, I can't leave him at home. I had other adult cats I left at home. But, you know, he's he's new. I'm going to be out there a couple weeks. I don't want to be apart from him in this, you know, this age where he's young and developmental. I want to be with him. So I took him. And, of course, he's a kitten. He's like, I don't know any difference about anything. You know, he was perfectly fine. He slept on the front dash of the car and... You know, went around fine, used the litter box. He was totally relaxed, and you know, and he continued to go to Santa Fe multiple times a year his his whole life. And the next kitten we get will will do the same. In fact, you know, the next kitten, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually set out to train better for that. I you know now I have a a purpose for. Okay, this kitten is gonna take a lot of more short shorter rides and I'm going to make sure to crate train them.
2: You know, I thought we were talking about when we were at the Global Pet Expo last year, we saw those backpacks with a little bubble in it and and we were going to try to also do that with them so we could take them on hikes and things like that too. Is that mm-hmm. we still thinking about that?
1: If you're still willing to lug around a big old cat, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well if it's a big old cat we're talking something different <laughs> i'm well, not putting a lion of- <laughs> and i gotta put a lion in my backpack and carry it around but if it's a little kitten or a kitty i mean it's well, no big deal it starts I mean,
1: out that way but you know i gotta me. be
2: sure and define things with you my
1: love i <laughs> know uh, i always gravitate towards those big old chonky cats you yeah know?
2: no kidding yeah.
1: chonky and i like those big old chonky cats and so it's going to start out as a kitten but quickly it's going to grow into a big chonky cat so you probably got to be able to schlep around 20 pounds of cat and you know 10 pounds of backpack and if you're okay with that then absolutely we're doing that my love
2: oh well let me rethink that i mean i'd rather go to the you know if he's going to be that big just put him on a leash and walk with him you know somewhere
1: (laughs) a stroller back to the stroller
2: (laughs) back to the stroller and forget going on long heights with him anyway let's talk about what you mentioned a minute ago what is it what does that mean, crate train?
1: Um, that just simply means, you know, I like to clicker train cats to enter the carrier upon request.
2: So explain those uh, that are listening who don't know what clicker training is. That's a good so one. So,
1: Clicker training. Clicker is a device that makes a sound. It makes a click sound, click, click, and it marks the behavior that you're trying to see more of. So in this case, it'd be going inside the the carrier. So you click to mark the behavior to go, yes, that's the behavior I want. And then you give the cat a reward, like a treat. And then you begin to put that whole sequence on what we call a verbal cue. So that we'd say, you know, let's go. And the cat goes into the carrier and and then you're done.
2: And how does this apply to cat getting in the carrier?
1: Well, okay, I'm going to explain this in detail, so bear with me. For those who might actually want to try this, so first you got to get the right carrier. You with cats, you need a carrier that's top loading, so that you know you can get them in and out easier. Um, so what you want to do is you want to you want to hold that top door and the front door open with tiny bungee cords. Now, I have links to all this stuff on the resource section of the website. So, if you go to catbehaviorsolutions.org, you're going to see a resource tab at the top. It has a drop-down menu. One of the items in that drop-down menu is products. If you go there, it takes you to another page that has main categories of products. And this would be found in enrichment. And you'll find examples of carriers that are top-loading. You'll find these little miniature bungee cords that are ideal for holding that top open and the front door open. And the reason we do that is so that the doors don't slam shut when the cat goes in the carrier and it scares them. So you get this top-loading carrier and you secure the top door and the front door open. And then you want to start feeding the cat in the carrier. Now, I don't recommend free feeding, so no, I'm not saying put dry food in there and leave it in there 24 hours a day. But on your scheduled wet food feedings, Mm -hmm. feed the cat in the carrier so that the cat gets used to going in the carrier and getting something good. And then in between feedings, okay, you you get your clicker, you got your clicker ready, you want to toss one of their favorite treats inside the carrier. Now, when you do that, I want you to point so you're going to hold the treat between your thumb and your middle finger and you're going to have your index finger pointing and you're going to toss the treat inside the carrier so you're pointing like, like let's go, right? So pointing into the carrier, toss the treat and then when the cat goes into the kennel to get the treat, you use your clicker, you click as soon as they go in and you say let's go you can also target, right, to get the cat into the carrier. That's another way if your cat is too afraid of the carrier. Let's say you're starting with an older cat that's already got a bad, you know, a bad association with the carrier going to the vet. So you could target is probably a little more effective. So you, you start by clicker training the cat to teaching them to touch their nose to your finger, which is pretty easy to do, because you stick your finger out, index finger out, and the cat's gonna come over and smell it. You click, you give it a treat, then you start moving that finger so that the cat is following your finger, and they touch, you click, you give them a treat. Then you move that finger to the front of the kennel, touch, give them a treat, and then you hold your hand into the top of the kennel where that top loading door is open and the cat will go into the carrier to touch your finger to get the treat, right? So you're you're targeting them with your finger into the kennel. Then the next step, once you've got the cat comfortably going into the kennel with both doors tethered open, then what you want to do is remove that bungee cord on the front door so leave the top door open so that they, if they do totally freak out, they've still got a, a safe escape. And then as you toss the treat or you target them with your finger into the kennel, you close the front door while they're eating the treat. And then they turn around to get out and you open the door and you let them out, pet them a little bit as they come out as an extra reinforcement. And you continue saying, let's go as they get into the carrier. So every time you're doing this, you're going, let's go. And then you wanna close the top door. So by this time, the cat's probably entering the carrier without you having to throw the treat. Says, you've done this now probably 30 times. So you're gonna go, let's go, and the cat will get in. Once it gets in, you close the front door and then drop the treat down through the top, great. Allow the cat to stay in there a few seconds and then let him out. And then keep extending that time that they're in the carrier to about a minute or so before you let them out.
2: So this is this is really, I think, to the heart of what a lot of your message is and has been, <clears throat> because you think about it, we go and we get puppies and we get dogs. And one of the things everybody knows that you can do with the dog is to train it and to do teach it to do certain things. And I think this is at the very core and the very heart of what I think a lot of your message is to a lot of different people, or at least it, from my perspective is is that, you know, a lot of people say you can't train cats. Well, this is exactly what you're doing. You're training that cat to get in a carrier and be more comfortable with the carrier. You're coming at this from the from the comfort side, but it's also a trick too, you know? So I, I think I like that. And especially if you can actually get the cat to go into the carrier by saying, let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you can—you absolutely can. It—it—it it, uh, it works. We don't call them tricks; we call them behaviors. But <laughs> uh, well, but yeah, you it's,
2: know, my laymanness—it's <laughs> my <you> laymanness. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, we'll let you get away with being layman. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I, I don't have all the schooling and education and experience you do, so I'm gonna call it like I see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long does it take to really teach a cat?
1: well it depends on the cat and it and it really depends on the finesse of the trainer you know you've got to get that click timing right on and if you know you have to be able to click immediately at the behavior that you're seeing otherwise you confuse the cat and you have to make sure that you're using a high value treat sometimes that means shaved turkey you're dropping a shaved turkey in through the top of that carrier you know, sometimes it's baby food on a on a popsicle stick, you know, it, but the most important thing is, you know, you've got to be really patient and persistent and really observant. You know, I can teach some cats to do it in two to two to three sessions and then some other cats take eight to nine sessions or more. So it really just depends on a lot on the cat and and mostly a lot on on the teacher.
2: Okay, so now let me make sure I understand. I've got to cook a turkey now. I've got to shave the turkey, and then I've got to try to drop the turkey in the carrier? <laughs> oh, maybe that's not right. I don't know. <laughs> so once once you have them in a carrier, how do we get them more comfortable with the ride to the vet or a ride on a trip? You know, How do you get them comfortable with that? Because I know that going into the carrier, it's not moving. You can shut the door. It's fine. But once you get out on the road, they're going to hit bumps and things are going to happen. So how do you get them comfortable with that?
1: Yeah, well, there's a step in between. So first, you want to carry them around in the carrier. So you do the let's go, close the doors, and then you pick up the carrier and walk around a room in the house, then set it down, and then give the treat through the door and let them out. So repeat that again for the next three sessions, you know. Let's go, get in the carrier, carry it around the house, come back to the start spot, set it down, let them out, you know, give them the treat first, of course, and then let them out. And then, and then the next session that you work with, let's go into the carrier, pick it up, go outside, walk around outside a little bit, come back in, and then extend that to walk to the car, open the car door, set it in the car door, and strap them in the seat. And then give them the treat and and let them sit there. And so, you know, you're just gradually extending their exposure to this whole ordeal. And just keep repeating that for the next few sessions. So we're going to get them completely comfortable with the let's go in the carrier because I get something really good. And then pick them up, take them outside, set them in the car, belt them in. You get in the car in the driver's seat, wait there for about 30 seconds to a minute. And then get out and take them inside and give them a treat and then go for a short ride you know give a treat when in the car so pull over don't be trying to drive and you know give them a treat if they're in the passenger seat or if they're in the back seat Um, pull over and give them a treat halfway through the ride and then give them another treat before you take them out of the car and then get them in the house and give them a treat and let them out of the carrier So just go on little short rides that don't end in anything scary like a vet drawing blood or something.
2: Yeah. You know, you think about how some of the methods that you need to have to help calm your kitty down in that situation. Are there other things like pheromone sprays that would make them more comfortable?
1: Yeah, um, pheromone sprays can help and there's actually wipes now. I use those, Um, feel makes them and they're like little wet wipes but they have the pheromone spray on them and and you just wipe the inside of the carrier down, none of these things are magic wands by themselves, you know, they're not going to make a fearful cat fine with a ride unless there's training involved um, also sound level is important you know make sure as you're driving down the road to keep the music at a low volume as well as voices cat's ears are very sensitive and riding in a car is is loud by itself so be be particularly you know cognizant of the of the audio level in the car
2: oh yeah that makes sense I mean you don't want to be rocking out I guess
1: <laughs> and right and put,
2: put <laughs> Well, we could, you know, put little kitty earmuffs on like the cat talk radio guy, little kitty has earmuffs on. We little earmuffs Going down the road and the kitty's rocking out. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any other tips you can give us uh, for preparing our cat for long trips?
1: Well, uh, one thing I don't think you you don't want to feed them right before you go. You know, it's common for a cat's stomach to be a little upset by the motion of the car ride. So I say feed three hours or more before you plan to go or, you know, plan to just feed a little bit along the way if you're on a really, really long ride, you know, once their stomach has settled some.
2: So what about the litter box? That's the primary thing. I think everybody, when we're having this conversation, I'm sure everybody, the first thing they thought about it was, how the hell do I carry a litter box in my vehicle if I'm traveling with my cat? Because it's a, you know, it's a serious, it's not like dogs. You can pull over and, you know, take them for a walk and they relieve themselves. It's, you know, they need the litter box. How do you allow them to relieve themselves? The carrier's too small to have one inside there, right?
1: Well, and, and what happens is when a, when a cat or with any animal for that matter gets really, really, really scared, it's that, you know, it's that flight mechanism. And one of the things they do is they, they get rid of everything in their intestines and their bladder so that they're ready to run faster. They don't want to be bogged down by, by having junk in their system. So they will just pee and poo when they're scared. And this is a scary thing for them riding in the car. So one of the things I always do is put now, I didn't, when I had Tabasco in the airplane, I wish I had, but one of the things I do now is I put piddle pads in the carrier. Um, so I, you know, make sure the carrier is lined with piddle pads, it's easy to get them out and replace them if you need to. Also, if you have a, an SUV or a large back seat, you know, um, this is really more what I recommend. Travel with your cat in a larger wire crate, like a like a dog crate that's bigger. So, you know, or a portable cat cage. You know, we bought one of those to travel with blueberry where you've got room for a litter box in it and room for a bed in it. I think there's links to those things on, on the site also. And then again, remember, you want to cover this whether it's the wire dog crate or the portable cat those things with a sheet or something like that towels so that the cats can't see things whooshing by or when big trucks come along and things like that and if you don't have that kind of space in your vehicle just plan pit stops every two to three hours and let the cat out of the carrier in the car obviously you know so that he can use the litter box
2: you know you Uh, Always, uh, when we're traveling, let Tabasco out, roam free in the car. Do you recommend that?
1: Well, um, it's not the safest way to transport a cat. And um, in, in Tabasco's case, because he was so big and so independent and bullheaded, confinement would have made him a lot more uncomfortable than free roaming the car. But, you know, you don't ever want to put you or your passengers or other people in danger. You know, cats can can cause accidents if they're free roaming in the car. It's very, very important to keep them out of your lap and out from underfoot. So if you're traveling alone, no, the cat needs to be in a carrier. Like when I take Tabasco to the vet by myself, he's in a carrier He's buckled in. I have him seat belted in. I run that seatbelt through the handle on the top of the carrier and and uh, and clip it in the passenger seat. I don't ever let him free roam in a car when it's just me. But when it's the both of us and I can control where he goes in the front area, you can drive, you know, without him, without worrying about him interfering with the steering wheel or the or the pedals. And you also want to be careful. You don't want to risk escapes at at your pit stops, you know, when like if you stop to go to the bathroom or, you know, get some coffee or things like that, cats will often be ready to pounce out that door. So you definitely don't want to risk that. I've heard too many sad stories of cats, you know, getting out as people are traveling, you know, and that reminds me of another good point. Make sure your cat is microchipped before you go on a trip in case, you know, it does get out. Make sure it's got a collar with identification tags and its microchip information is current so that if it gets out, someone can scan the cat and get a hold of you and tell them that they have it.
2: You know, that reminds me of the story of the cat that came through the shelter that you, um, that we fostered actually and come to find out uh, we we found him, you know, he was found, located and found in Dallas and and uh, wound up down some hole that they were putting in highline wires and had drilled a hole to set the highline pole in and the cat fell down into it in the mud and they rescued it out of there and became a foster here with us. Uh, come to find out was from Colorado. Mm -hmm. Now how all that came about and how the cat came from Colorado down to Dallas, Texas, you know, is still unbeknownst to everyone and what that trip looked like, but you could put your imagination to that. And you could see that if somebody picked him up and they went to some pit stop somewhere, opened the door and a cat jumped out and then got picked up again somewhere and then somebody else opened the door and he jumped out and he wound up in Dallas. So yeah, that was Harvey.
1: And and that's, that's proof that microchips work. Yeah. Here's this cat 1200 miles or whatever from home. And he'd been gone like over a year, I think. And, uh, and they have no idea. As they'd never been to Texas. They had no idea how he got down here. But um, thank God he was microchipped. And thank God their microchip information was current. And we fostered him until she was able to get a flight and, and come get him. Yeah, that was a wild story. We get those every now and then. But microchips, you know, they're cheap. I know our local shelter in Dallas will microchip your pet for $15. You just walk in and they'll do it. So absolutely you want to do that.
2: And the local news did a news story on this just for that very same reason, just mm-hmm. to let people know that that is a good example of why you microchip and why you want to keep uh, track of your, your pet. Because, you know, you could think about the people in Colorado, their pet just disappears. Well, the first thing everybody thinks is they've gotten eaten by a coyote or something, you know, that they're gone. Some predator has gotten them. You little know, did
1: I know they took a vacation to Dallas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and your mind has to go to those movies where the pets, you know, are are left behind when they're when their owners moved away, and you know, then they've taken these long journeys to find them. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: notice. <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, and on those trips, as we've we often do, you know, we talk about supplies, and so you. You often have a bag full of supplies. What do you recommend uh, people should carry as a supply when they're taking their pets?
1: Well, I carry mostly things to clean up messes. You know, I carry live pee-free just in case there is some pee in the car. I can get the odor out immediately. I carry paper towels or those Zorbit up sheets, which like are really absorbent. I also carry catnip for enrichment along the way. I carry a bottle of water. I've got this cool bottle of water that has a button and when you turn it on its side and the button will allow the water to go into this little bowl shaped thing that's attached to it and then cat drinks and then what they haven't drank, you just turn it up, push the button and it drains back into the the bowl and then it's a very cool device. I should carry those on, on the store. Um, I carry treats for positive reinforcement as we go along. Um, And if your cat's prone to car sickness, be sure to talk to your vet about giving it some meds ahead of time that will help with that. And some cats are just too stressed for rides no matter what you do. So your vet might prescribe some anti-anxiety medication or some tranquilizers for you. You can also try... Zilkeen, that's a a really good product. Um, We have a link to that on our site under the food and nutrition section of the resource products page. And it's a tablet and you just open the tablet and put it on their food. You wanna start it two or three days before the trip and then through the trip and then a couple days after wherever you get to where you're going. It's an over-the-counter thing, perfectly safe. That will help. Rescue Remedy also helps. Be sure to put that in their water Um, you should also carry your cat's vet records with you. If you're crossing state lines, it's law that you're supposed to have a health certificate when you cross state lines. It's highly unlikely that anyone's going to ask, but it is law. And, um, you might want to carry them with you just in case something happens and you've got to go to a vet along the way.
2: You know, also I I might recommend you should be sure to book, uh, with, pet-friendly hotels along the way mm-hmm. if you have any stayovers you know i look forward to using travel you know i look forward to us traveling uh, in in an rv and um traveling yeah. with our kitty in the rv then we, I don't, mean, I then look, we don't have to worry
1: about hotels right. i was going
2: to say if you're going to travel in an rv then you don't need to do that However, at the same time, that kind of segues into, you know, what we're looking forward to doing at some point is traveling with the RV and uh, with our kitty in the RV and setting it up where the kitty's calm and relaxed and used to everything. It's kind of a home on wheels. And, you know, all of that sounds so amazing.
1: I know we're going to going to have you catify the RV so that it's got climbing poles, carpeted climbing poles and. I know storage is a premium in an RV, but in this case, the cat gets the little storage cubbies. We're gonna put little, little beds and shelves, high shelves for the cat to get around. And then I want you to build an outdoor catio that somehow folds down and stores under the RV, but that when we get to where we're going, we set the catio up so the cat can have access to a little outside enclosed area safely. You know, waiting down the bottom of that's going to be the big trick, so that so that he doesn't get out. It's going to be fun. I can't wait.
2: I can't wait. There's going to be lots of fun. That'll be awesome. <laughs>
1: mm, 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 mm. Going to oh, have a little yeah. cat mobile.
2: Yeah. And then we'll pull a trailer behind us for us to, for us to sleep in.
1: Right. Exactly. This is the cat's <laughs> forty foot coach. <laughs> and, and oh, coach. by
2: the way, the yeah. little bitty trailer in the back. That's where we sleep.
1: All right, we have a little blow-up mattress in the uh, in the little trailer that goes along behind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, So thank you, everyone, for listening today. Um, we certainly appreciate you tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. And check out some of my other resources. You know, I provide this program so that globally we can reach an audience of cat owners Um, Some of you more experienced than others, but certainly first time cat owners and, you know, share a wealth of information of how to care for your cat in ways that will provide enrichment and allow it to express its behaviors in natural ways that will make you happier to live with them. But we've got some other resources too. be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Find that Facebook page and like it. Follow us on Instagram. I post a lot of things there. Some of them funny, you know, a lot of good informational stuff and share that page with your friends. We would like to to grow that following so that more and more people can take advantage of this information and visit the Behavior Boutique. I find products that I think will help with your cat's behavior and there's some unique things there. And while you're on the site, go ahead and check out the blog. I've started a new Dear Molly column within the blog, because I often get emails, people asking me a question that we don't want to devote a whole podcast to, but that make good little blog answers. And then if you've exhausted all of those resources and you're having a problem, I'm absolutely available for in-home consultations if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or happen to be in the Santa Fe or Albuquerque, New Mexico areas. And if not, I can always do virtual consultations with you anywhere in the world. Um, I'll also hold educational seminars and speaking engagements at different places. So when you get to the site, there'll be a little pop-up window that says, do you want to hear from us? Fill that out. And wherever I am speaking or holding a seminar, you'll get notification of that. So share the information with your other cat peep friends. And can't think of anything else to bring up as far as cats traveling. If you have a question that we did not address during this segment, Please email me at Molly at cattalkradio.com and I will be happy to answer it. In fact, I'll put it in a dear Molly post in the blog. <laughs>
2: Yay. Anything
1: else you have, honey?
2: Now that's it, my love. Let's sign off to this one and just tell everybody out there, no matter where you are in the world. Please just send us an email. The email does connect globally now. So you're welcome to give us an email. And we'd love to hear from you. We had a very nice uh, little uh, insert from somebody. I believe it was in Australia uh, the other day. We'd love to hear anything that you've got going on around the world. So please reach out to us. Thank yeah. you.
1: Stay in touch. And until next time, keep calm and purr on.
2: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.